Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Good evening, Ryan. The season is finally over, and um, I don't know whether to be happy or sad about that, but we're definitely something. Um, yes. <laughs> to it's, both. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I mean, it's upsetting. I mean, it's great that we're talking about the Red Wings in May, even though, you know, it's uh, not a playoff <laughs> Yeah, year. I mean, it's a little different. <laughs> Every other season, with the exception of last year and this year, it's typically you're talking about them in May, then they're, you know, pushing to the conference finals. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're not there. And I don't know. It's a, it's a bittersweet moment because I will say that if I saw it correctly, there's gonna there's about to be some epic playoff matchups. And so that aspect of it is exciting. Yep. And that starts what Saturday? Today is when Tuesday. Wow, it's Tuesday. Yeah, that's how my week's been already. So it, it's <laughs> Ryan's it's, like, what is it? Friday? Uh, dude, so the last <laughs> the last two days for me. So yesterday started at eight. Today started at seven, and it's been every hour on the hour, and some in between, meeting after meeting. That, I had brutal. one of those days last week. Oh my! I'm like, oh. wait, what is it? I have five minutes to pee before I'm in the, my next meeting. Yep, that's pretty and, much what I had today. Yeah, there's a, a few ended early, and I was extremely grateful. And as soon as they ended, I stood up and walked away. <laughs> I rarely, rarely have those because I control my meetings. Uh-huh. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, it was uh, that. Those days are terrible. Mm. Uh, and tomorrow is the exact opposite, so great. I can finally do anything but sit in a meeting, which is fantastic. But no, back to hockey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's over. I, I think it ended how we pretty much thought. Do we have our, did we ever write down without actually having to go back and listen to what our predictions were going to be for the overall record? I know I failed because I said they were going to be closer to 500. No, that uh, would have been smart if I would have written it down. I didn't. Yeah, Tyler, do you know? Are you in here? Yeah, I'm here. I have no idea what what I predict. I know we none of us predicted playoffs. I don't think. No, God, <laughs> none of us are that. Dumb. We're dumb. We're not that yeah. dumb. Yeah, I might be that dumb. Let's not uh, discredit ourselves that much. Tyler's become a <laughs> Tyler is becoming increasingly more hopeful um, and a little more brash on his predictions in uh, recent no, months. I think I was the worst one when it came to overall record at the beginning of the year. Cause I did say that they had a good chance of going 500, but I do believe I had a caveat there. If they stayed healthy and didn't run into COVID issues, which both seem to have happened right in the first month of the season. So yeah, 
Yeah, you're like you're you're batting nothing right now, Ryan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, we almost a, got the twenty wins, which would have been a fucking great thing. Yeah, I think it's it's a good it's a good thing that the season is is over because one, we don't have to watch the team break down again, but we were able to see actual. I think from my at my own eyes and looking at the the games and. And people will yell at me and be like, what are you talking about? Fire Jeff Blaschel into the sun. I No, we're not getting there yet. We're, there we're was, soon, soon. There was growth this season. There was definite visible growth this season in, in different aspects of the game, not just defensively. Because I think defensively mm-hmm. was the biggest growth. Um, but I think there was up and down the lineup um, growth, not in just play, but in actual player development too. So it... It's good. I think yeah. it's good. I feel good. Before we go into that craziness, do we want to talk about some random rumors and oh discussions Lord. that have been had? That it's, way we can get our banter out of the way. Because sure. I know all three of us have a decent opinion on this. Yeah, well, define decent. Um, um, it's not, not very good. It's uh, It's no surprise, I guess, that for the third or fourth season, the jack eichel's getting traded rumors are starting now this started with jack eichel because Mm -hmm. he let it drop in the end of an interview uh saying wherever i play next season he's not happy with how the team handled his uh communication after his injury so gm jack eichel's real mad um (laughs) do and then it comes up well where's jack eichel gonna go and of course the the odds on people are saying that well if he goes anywhere be the new york rangers okay that was quick they were very quick to push sure that and it's even an athletic article i think that was when that came out today that talked about it and that's all fine but (laughs) but then it comes up as what what would you give up for jack eichel and I what is pushed, he worth? Yeah, I pushed the oh fuck no button because you'd have. I mean, their starting off ask would be Cider or Raymond plus multiple first round picks, mm-hmm. and most likely because they don't have to trade Jack Eichel. Not at all. He's you have a it's a twenty four year old probably de- who depending on who you talk to a franchise level. It definitely elite talent center. He is a one center, no matter what team you pretty much decide to put him on. Um, making ten million a year. I mean, you're there's uncertainty right now with what this injury is for him, and if it's going to be it potentially long term. It is neck. I yeah. think it's a vertebrae issue, isn't it? If I read it correctly, oh. I could be mistaken. Um, but uh, like, you're you're going to have to throw the farm at him and. We know it how the season played out. Buffalo's fucking garbage. Yep. No fault of the player's own. It's the fault of management. You'd think for what they've had pick-wise and some of the acquisitions they made, especially looking at how things played out after last season when they brought in Taylor Hall. You're like, I'm not really sure about that. But, hey, good on them. They made a big splash, and let's see what happens. It didn't go well, uh, as the narrator said. So, you're like you said, you're going to have to throw out, I think – an NHL level player, two top prospects, and at least two to three first round picks. Yeah, that's what they would. Now that's probably what their ask would be. That's probably a. That's probably they're a not going to imagine all that. There's no, no chance they no, get all no. that. Then, then they don't trade Eichel. That's the thing. No. Again, they don't. But what have if to trade what it. if he holds out though? And that's I wouldn't what? put he it past contract. Them. He has a contract. Yeah, he can't. 
Holds out for it's, what? Of course he can. He cannot go to training camp. Okay, well, what's, well they're not going to just trade him, though. Yeah, okay, bye, you sit. Yeah. You, you he still go. gets paid. <laughs> I mean... Oh, well, yeah, he gets paid, but it's not like the NFL where they're just like, all right, fuck you, you're cut. Yeah, so it's... They can't just d- eliminate that and make... Be gone with it. They're they're not. They're, they I, have to trade Eichel this off season, otherwise he can pick where he goes. The yeah, no mo- the mo- no movement clause kicks in next season. So if he's not moved, I think in the summer, right? Then the no movement clause kicks in, and he gets either L.A. or New York or whatever choice he wants. Do you? Th- yeah, I was gonna say that's not a bad thing. <laughs> No, 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 it's not a bad thing for him. I'm just saying if the for if, if, if yeah, we're looking at it in the eyes of the Buffalo Sabers and trying to maximize the potential return, you would think they would at least try and shop him this off season and say, "Hey, look, we think we need to trade this guy," or internally, you know, saying we need to trade this guy. He doesn't want to be here. Um, this is our best option to have, you know, 25 teams in on Jack Eichel. Not that they're going to get Jack Eichel, but 25 guys or 25 teams that have the interest in acquiring Jack Eichel. And there's probably only realistically five or six teams that have the capital to get Jack Eichel. But I mean, in terms of moving him, I think it's this summer or you'll look sometime. They have until next season. After the end of the season, they have they have until next summer to make a deal. That's when oh, the, so it's at the end of the, oh, okay. Well, yeah. it's a, I'm looking at cap friendly here. Twenty one, twenty two, nothing there. Clause kicks in twenty two, twenty three season. But they're also so they just paid him seven and a half million signing bonuses. They don't owe him anything next season. Twenty two, twenty three with it when the no movement come, kicks in, they owe him another seven and a half million signing bonus. If I were Buffalo, I'd be doing everything I can to keep this guy pleased and keep him in Buffalo. That's what I'd be okay. doing. I wouldn't want to go through another whole rebuild. Well, that's what a lot of their players are saying. Like, uh, Ristolainen's like, I don't want to go through another... I don't want to go through re- a rebuild. I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. So, it's when you're looking at it from that standpoint, I think part of the problem is keeping Jack Eichel happy because... From a lot of what you see, it makes it seem like Jack Eichel is a very high-maintenance player. Uh, he likes to be the center of attention. He likes it like we, like we jokingly call him GM Jack Eichel. He likes to be in control of a lot of stuff is what it looks like. So I, from what the Wings would have to give up, no, I'm not interested. Pass. Because mm-hmm. I'm not giving up either of Raymond or Cider and mortgaging being competitive in the future for trying to bump up your timeline and losing out on picks, losing out on top prospects to try Mm -hmm. to do the win quick method, which would be the, which would be a Ken Holland mistake. Yeah. The majority of the fans did agree with you on that. 55.3% of the poll out of 275 votes uh, said no. And many of them were the same way. Like you're mortgaging one player for, a quick ooh excitement level, but then at what cost? Because yep. you look at now you're pushing things out again, five, six, seven, eight years. Okay, now you're in his early thirties and you have nothing to show for it. And you're getting rid of the top prospects in your prospect pool. Really some and of the potential only lottery prospects picks. Yeah, that are and and first round picks in general you're getting yep. rid of. So you're uh, you're shipping out prospects, top tier prospects and losing your chance to recoup those top-tier prospects 
because you're getting rid of those picks. All to get in Jack Eichel, who was the same age as Larkin. And mm-hmm. and you put him as your 1C, Larkin as your 2C, great. You got rid of Raymond, who's one of your playmaking and future possibly elite playmaking and scoring. You would probably have to get rid of someone like Zadina, who is shaping up to be um, a really good player. You'd have to get rid of someone like Sider, who is your legit top pair defenseman. It's nowhere near worth it. Yeah. No, I, I actually I had to agree here. Uh, it's as enticing as it may be. And right before we got started, I think the best way to reference it is looking at an NHL EA Sports NHL video game trade <laughs> where you can't we couldn't even trade off fucking Jonathan Erickson in two years ago. And now you're trying to go pick up Jack Eichel. So go ahead and get rid of three or four first round picks. Get rid of two or three top prospects and a potential NHL-level player because you're going to need some salary in exchange for probably all of this. So, no. It did what I say. Is that like probably the most outrageous scenario possible? Probably. But the likelihood of multiple picks, prospects, and an NHL player, I would say, are pretty good. And maybe you take one more back uh, as well to kind of balance it out, but... That's if they're being generous, which you know they're not going to be. Yeah, no, they because they have no like again, they have no reason to do it. I no. mean, sure, you could try and say, "Oh, well, Jack Eichel's pissed. Better trade him," or you could say, "Quit being a bitch, baby, man up." I mean, look what they tried to do for the team last season, and then shit just fell apart. Now, was that coaching, or is that just because the players that they chose, while on paper looked to be fantastic? I mean, the Skinner deal was atrocious, so we won't even talk about that. But you paid a guy on one good season. Hello, Ken Holland. And then you brought in Taylor Hall, which, I mean, most people are like, wow, good good for them. I'm kind of jealous right now. But obviously it didn't freaking go anywhere. Now Hall's in Boston on a Stanley Cup caliber team. So, I don't know. Tyler, Tyler where, where are you at on the spectrum? I like the idea of acquiring Eichel. I, I think well, he would sure. be, you know, awesome to be with Dylan Larkin. You know, you, Greg said, you know, same age or same age group anyways. Played they, on they Team USA together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've got a good they friendship. That's Team known. USA and everything. But, I mean, in realistic perspective, not NHL 21 land, it's not going <laughs> to happen I mean, I could see a scenario where it's like a three-team deal and the Red Wings are involved in it, but I don't think they get Eichel. I think that they that they could try to help a team facilitate a trade for Eichel and yeah, take some an capital. Expensive why not? Player. Sure, why not? Yeah, you're better but, off trying to get him when he, his contract expires. Yeah, sit this one out. I mean, there's other guys, and, and, and I hate to tell people, like, they're like, oh, well, you need a franchise guy. I hate to tell you, those don't grow on trees. Yeah. So if... if And it's even harder to go get them from someone. It's harder to go get them. So here's my thing about this whole Jack Eichel thing. If Jack Eichel is your... I know nobody's Connor McDavid, but if he's your Connor McDavid, if Steve Eiserman looks at him and says, this is the future, this is the next 10 years of Red Wings hockey, we're going to bring him in, he's going to be our guy, screw the prospects, screw the future, this is the guy, we're going to build around this guy, okay, well then, you know what, I'm behind it. But I know Eiserman ain't saying that, because no, he's preached he's patience, smart. he's preached patience, and he's you know, preached, let's be smart about things. Now, if this was something, uh, you know, a couple years down the road and, you know, 
there, there was a year left on his contract or maybe two years left on his contract, then you make the trade and, and you know, you kind of deal with it. But this is a way different scenario. I mean, he's making, mm-hmm. what, $10 million a year. It's just it doesn't make sense for either organization. I guess it makes sense for the Sabers if you were to get Cider and Zadina and a oh, couple yeah. first round it's picks and Raymond. Right but um, that's not going to happen. We don't see trades like that anyhow in hockey. Maybe in NHL twenty one, like I alluded to earlier, but uh, not <laughs> definitely not in real life. And uh, you know, not Steve Eiserman, not a Steve Eiserman type deal. Steve Eiserman's the type of guy that goes outside Key Bank Center there in Buffalo. And um, you know, waits outside the arena and says, "Hey, look, give us Eichel now." Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to see for, who's in for, the car <laughs> for for a third round pick. I got McCarty with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, no, but seriously, yeah, I don't it's, know. Tyler, now I'm intrigued. I feel like while we're doing this, you need to pull up NHL 21, start a franchise with Buffalo, simulate to the trade deadline, and then put him out there as your trade bait and see what you can get for him. That's a good idea. That was exercise. (laughs) A little well recording experiment. Yeah, see if Um, you can do it, Tyler. I have faith in you. uh, I don't have my box on. I have the Red Sox on in the background. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're going to (laughs) say the big old Grindline podcast, uh, fat no to acquiring Jack Eichel. Cost too much. If we were one or two pieces away from winning the cup, sure, go get Jack mm-hmm. Eichel and mortgage your future. But we're not. Uh, we're no. trying to build, a, like Steve Eiserman says, build a team through the draft and be patient. Uh, Maybe because we'll draft a Jack Eichel. Yeah, sure. You we're have not... to draft a type of player like that. You can't just go acquiring players like that and giving up everybody. Yeah, yep. Yep. especially when you're um, already a bad team. <laughs> you make your team uh, even like worse it... in the future. Even a, a, a Washington or a Boston, they're not going to make a trade like that. No, they're, they're not. No, no. Maybe they'll be more willing to dis- disregard a, a draft pick, but even still, it's they know that they're coming to, at, to the end of their windows. It feels like it's need... coming down to the Rangers and the Kings. That's what it feels. Yeah, like. It feels like. Yeah, just because, I think the Kings would have to have the leg up just because of how much they really have in waiting. Yeah. But you have potential NHL-ready guys that could have the same ceiling, if you will, in New York that they could really try to mortgage off and be like, all right, let's go. Maybe, all I can that, say... That might sweeten the deal and, and make it a lighter trade. All I can say is welcome to Buffalo, uh, Capo Caco. So, oh, God, <laughs> he stinks. I, I feel <laughs> bad for the Rangers. They picked him. That was a first overall pick, right? No, he wasn't first overall. No, was he, he was number two. Was he second? Number two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That doesn't. That doesn't look like a great pick. Although it seems like he's gotten a little bit better down the stretch. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's getting used to uh, North American ice. Uh, but we're gonna go on to kind of our recap of the season, our thoughts on how it went, kind of what we expected to happen, what happened, uh, maybe some surprises. And I kind of want to do a, an overview of, of where we were last season compared to this season. Now we did play 16 mm-hmm. less games. Um, but I, there's actually a lot of analytical, like five on five analytical improvement. So if you look at the 2019 Detroit Red Wings, it will start off here. Um, our goaltending was better. Uh, we needed it to be better. We ended with a 9.13 save percentage last season. Uh, this season we ended with a 9.26, where the league average is 9.22. So we're above league average and save. 
And we should, I mean, you can look and see that. No, it was blatantly obvious, especially as the as the year kind of came to a close. I should, actually, I take that back. I shouldn't say it was blatantly obvious because we had multiple gaff games where it was five, six, seven goals. And you're just like, what is this team doing <laughs> other than killing me in, inside? Um, but no, I mean, Jonathan Bernier and Thomas Grice, they came to play. It took. I think it took Grice longer to finally yeah. get to that point. Second half of the season for Grice turned it on and looked fantastic and that worked out great because Bernier went down for a short while so he really needed to elevate his game to what was expected I guess what we saw from him in in New York and that I think that combined with I know you're going to touch on it here in a second though the uh, the defensive play again wasn't perfect but they did enough especially early on like just watching Troy Stetcher pretty much be goalie number two back there for several games it was that was a combined effort and i think it really speaks to the higher and better save percentage and do we know i know max had put it out there a while back or not a while a couple weeks ago but did uh where did they finish bernier and grice in terms of save percentage did they both stick in the top 25 there at the end jonathan bernier finished 16th with a 914 uh thomas grice finished 23rd with a 912 so yeah Top 25, both in save percentage. So that's right there. I think that, again, it speaks to the team percentage. Now, granted, other guys did get some time in there, which kind of speaks to that a little bit, but not very much. And yeah. that was a huge part to them, them being staying in games and not really just shitting themselves more often than not. And you could probably take a couple guys out, too. Bernie played 24 games. Uh, Grice played 34. You look at guys like Robin Leonard played 19. Uh, mm-hmm. Aiden Hill played 19. Laurent Bossard played 14. So I, some guys, I think if you're under 20 or even under 15, um, you could probably get those guys out of there. But yeah, I mean, top 20, both of them are top 25 goaltenders in the league. So they're, t- they're in the yeah. top half um, and that, of, that's, of goalies. And that's what you would have hoped for, I think, especially on a team like this where – What's in front of them is not that pretty half the time. And for two of your goalies to be one right on the border of being a top 15 guy in save percentage, that, that's, a, that's a huge improvement and a huge boost. Yep. Now, what is in front of you uh, is why you are not in the top 25 <laughs> of goals against average, yeah. um, which which is okay. Save percentage with, uh, with how much they were getting just hammered every night, really, on most nights. I'll look at save percentage um, over, and I think Grice ended with a 299 for save percentage. If I No, Bernier ended with a 299. Grice ended with a 270. So that's, uh, Grice was 29th in goals against, and you're looking at uh, Bernier at 44th in goals against. So mm-hmm. uh, the big thing, though, is there's a goaltending decision to be made in this offseason because Bernier's contract is up. We have an hour, uh, a year left of Thomas Grice. But uh, Bernie is in need of contract, and I think he could get paid by a team. I'm okay with bringing him back for a couple of seasons, but I, I I'm don't know if I'd overpay for Bernie on a Red Wings team who next year is going to be better, but still probably a bottom 10 team instead mm-hmm. of a bottom 5. I, I think that maybe we're going to see Steve go for the FA market again, like he has done with Bernie and Grace. Because we got Grice is now 
now going to be the only guy that they're really having to protect. So there's your one goaltender yep. for uh, expansion with Seattle. But if Bernier did come back, I'd be surprised just because of the way he has performed and I think kind of exceeded expectations for the state of the team. So he has a good chance, I think, to go to a contender and for a decent price, no less, because he's, he's 32, but he's a good 32. Yep. So... Really, I don't. I don't know what the UFA market is. So for here's here's your UFA you go at like goaltender. There's a lot. Tugarask, Pekarene, no, Freddie no, Anderson. No, no I, <laughs> Rask, Rene, Anderson, Devin Dubnik, Anti Ranta, James. You can get James Reimer for a year. You get Philip Grubauer, Peter Mrazek, and bring Mrazek back. People would shit themselves. Uh, uh, oh my god, that'd be a shit show. David Riddich is a free agent. Carter Hutton's a free agent. Linus, so Linus Allmark said he's going to try and get something done with Buffalo. Um, uh, okay. Anders Nilsson, Yaroslav Halak, Corey, Corey Schneider. You want to grab Corey? No. <laughs> no. Uh, Lundqvist. Laurent, now Brassois is a free agent. For, uh, he's playing for Winnipeg now. Mike Smith, pass. Brian Elliott. Uh, Brian Elliott did good this year. I think if they're over 33, you might as well say 34, maybe 33, I think is going to be the cutoff here. Ryan Miller's 41. He retired. Ryan Miller's. Yeah, he retired. Uh, the one I like the most is Grubauer. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, we're just trying to fill the goalie hole until we figure out if any of our goalies can do anything. Um, but you're looking, okay. So you got, uh, legacy, Maxime legacy. You've got uh, who else was the legacy or Lagasse? I thought his was different. Lagasse. Uh, he hasn't played much. I don't think this year has he. Uh, no, one game. You see, Soros is a free agent. <laughs> no. Uh, Louis Deming. Louis Deming's uh, a free agent too. Uh, Oscar Dansk. That's the other one I might take a chance on. Were we talking about him last year too? Yep. Yeah, as as an option. Um, Oscar Dansk has only again, as far as Sport Track has played one game this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carolina's got Antoine Bebo, uh, which I thought he was supposed to be a decent goalie prospect for a while. And I thought Bebo was part of the Montreal system at some point. Um, but there's, so there's options. There's options. If we want to just any interest in 38 year old Curtis McElhaney, no, any, any interest in 40 year old Craig Anderson, how about any interest in trading for one of uh, Columbus's goaltenders? Okay, so that's where you might get me to bite. Um, they can't be happy. And what's the value? No, I mean, what what's the value right now in someone like Mers Lincolns who was just bad for a while? Third or fourth round pick. You think? Uh, I think they'd ask for more. They could yeah, say this year I mean, was based off what second we know. Round pick for a guy that could be the goalie of the future. If it's an extra second rounder, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. They they could say, well, this year was just a fluke. Look what Merz Lincoln did be. last season. Yeah. So it's I, – I, I lobbied last season to get one of the goalies from Columbus, either Corpus yeah, Allo or Merz We talked about that pretty heavily, actually. So I I think that if, if Bernier says, oh, I want $4.5 a year, I want five. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm like, okay. So why? Like, I get it. You're. You're probably after the season you've had and the shit you've had to put up with and and what you've shown you could do on a nightly basis. Granted, you've had injury issue. Um, you might be worth four and a half million a year, maybe. 
but I'm not going to give that to you because look at our team, right? So we've got Grice for another year. You can sign a backup, and you can sign a cheap backup. Hell, go mm. go grab Halak for a couple. He's 36. You can grab him for a year or two as a backup. Uh, you could grab uh, hell. You could promote Calvin Pickard. Go ahead. Nah. Nah. He did good. He, he did no. Good. I think he's a free agent too, though. So, um, there there's options at goal, Better but kind of any interest year. in Freddie Anderson? I'm just gonna stop trying to justify that. But no. Uh, well, about, so Anderson's so 31. Two year, two years. Anderson right now. Tough. Anderson right now is making five million. So no. Um, I'm a no on Tuca. Anyone else? Well, Tuca's 34. I'm not. I'm not going for any. Like I said, I, if I'm getting another goalie, that's my yeah. cutoff. Yeah, and Tuca again. Tuca's making seven million dollars a season. What are you gonna try and offer Tuca Rask two million bucks? Like it's just. Not I actually think he might retire after this year. To be honest with you, why? Just with everything that's going on. From no, just from like what what I've heard and what I've seen and uh, Bruins writers kind of assuming that he kind of his head's not really in the game anymore and they yeah. love mm. Bruins writers love to scapegoat Tuka Rask. I think he blows to be He quite has a 228 sa- uh 228 goals against and a 913 save. Yeah, watch him in the playoffs against uh, a good team. Okay. I mean, watch the rest of the Bruins players in the playoffs against the good yeah, team. Yeah, they're good. I, Tuka's not the only reason they lose. <laughs> no, he's he's not, and I, I'm not one to to be like, oh, it's all his fault. No, but when when the team needs a big save, he can't make it, and that's there's no Bruins fan or anyone else that would tell you that that that's not the truth. And the people that are, are lying. <sighs> what, what year did they win the cup? Thirteen. No, they 14? won it in eleven, and he wasn't the goalie. It was to- Tim Thomas, yeah. the Flint that's native. Right. Tim okay, well, then the very next season that they're in the playoffs. Ex-Detroit 22 Viper. Ga- 22 games for Rask, 1-8 in a 94 save percentage. And then you go fast forward to 13-14. He had 12 games, a 1-9 yeah, goals against, 9-28 save percentage. 16-17, they're out in six, but he had a 2-2-4 and a 9-92. And then 17-18, he had a 2-8. 18-19, a 202 with a 934 in 24 games. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, last year, not great, but that's kind of just that was the shittiest year possible for anyone. Well, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people will say the he's got whole, good runs in the playoffs. They, does he win the cup? Boston's oh, got Jesus to find Christ. someone to blame, Ryan, and. It's like I the Red know. Wings fans will blame Jeff Blaschel for everything. The Boston fans will blame Tuukka Rask. You know how you know how the Wings fans, you know, back in the day, always used to have have one person to blame. They always used to have to blame either the goaltender, or the coach, or whatever. They still well, do. Not Bowman, but but I'm talking, you know, back in you know the the during the playoff I'm run. Sorry, are we talking about else? Curtis Joseph years? Because we don't talk about those. The, well, the Curtis Joseph years. Hell, there was times where people were criticizing Osgood. Well, yeah, that's and, why he got benched. And don't start with the amount of times that people criticize Jimmy Howard. Rightfully so, sometimes, but other times, not so much. Yeah, when you're known for giving up one to two soft goals a game, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so goalie, <laughs> we'll need one. Um, if Bernie wants too much, I have no problem gonna, letting him go and sign do a, We'll do a UFA deep dive here soon. Yeah. As we if, get closer. If Bernie wants too much, I'm okay with 
signing a cheap backup goalie. Um, so, we'll yeah, we are above league average in save percentage this season. We are down in points percentage, <laughs> uh, below league average, but we are up in points percentage from last season. So, again, 16 less games, but our points percentage uh, last season was uh, 27% of games we got a point in. This season, it's 42%. So, Yay. it rounded up 43 so it's we are improving. We're winning more games now. Again, weird season. We're only playing the same teams over and over again, and you're bound to win. But the teams that we normally get our fucking faces stomped in by, like Tampa, we were much better against this season. Much better. Just, just don't talk about the five-one loss. No, uh, outliers, Ryan. Outliers. <laughs> but we. We performed much better against Tampa. Oh, holistically, season. I got you. I got you. We per- we performed much better against Carolina. Just get rid of the games where they scored like a million goals on us. Yeah. But uh, our points percentage is up, which means we were winning more or getting more points in games, getting more points, meaning winning or going to overtime, than we did in the previous season. Um, so that's a plus, right? That's a plus. So another area where we improved is our defense so if you're looking at last season and it was man was that a doozy uh we had 265 goals against where the league average was 208 not good (laughs) um this season that's saying it lightly (laughs) yeah this season we had 168 goals against and the league average was 159 much much better closer to league average and Granted, a smaller sample size, but <laughs> sixteen games, just sixteen games, and yeah. that has a lot to do with with one the goaltending, which we talked about, much improved, and two our defense, um, the expulsion our, of Jonathan Erickson type yeah, players. Our five v five defense was much better. So you look at um, Nemeth, who was a solid defenseman for a while for us, mm-hmm. one of our better mm-hmm. defensive defensemen. You pick up someone like Troy Stetcher, young, solid defenseman. John Merrill, who was arguably one of the best defenders in the league for a while. Um, like People say, well, what did John Merrill do? Well, if you didn't say the name John Merrill during a game, he did his job. So yep. it, it, we had a much better defensive core and of course Heronic played terrible for the first 15 games and and slowly came back to true Heronic form where of course he was getting assists he was getting his empty net goals but his defense improved um and then you had Danny DeKaiser so it was um better sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you sort of had Danny. You had the remnants of Danny DeKaiser, who in the, like, the last few games was just like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to start scoring random goals from the yeah. s- weirdest angles on the side of the net. I think he finally got healthy at the end of the season. Sure. Um, but And that might, that might be a stretch, but he, I, he was visibly better. Not as slow as he typically is. And maybe... It could have been just pure luck. Maybe teams were a little bit tired. I'm not really sure. I could be just blowing smoke up everybody's ass right now. But I thought he looked better, more sound, and not like a lost puppy to close out maybe the last 10 games or so. Yeah, I would agree there. But again, I'm not can- I'm not counting on Danny DeKaiser going forward to do anything or necessarily no. even be here. 
It's um, terrifying when he's on the ice for three on three overtime. Sure. Uh, every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's our defense was improved. We were better at shutting down offenses. We were better at getting the puck out of the zone. Uh, it was a more controlled defense than I have seen previously, uh, simply because we had better players on defense. I think that was that, that right there is the obvious answer. As people were probably listening to you, it's because the players are fucking better. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got Mark Stahl, who we Mark Stahl. Was the, he was Standing awful the ovation. first several games, but he, I think when I go back to thinking about how the season started, when we were having our Twitter conversations with DMAC, he made the good point. These guys are, they're not game in game shape. They weren't. They had no nope. preseason. Nope. They barely had any training camp. And by the time they were about 10 to 15 games in, that's where we started seeing some of these guys start to really like, oh, you're not total shit like we were trying to make you out for. Perfect example, Mark Stahl. Yeah. Yeah, Mark so Stahl um, it was well worth the second round pick New York gave us for him. Yeah, he, he ended up being, I think, one of the more fun guys to watch, and he wasn't afraid to use his body. Yep. And it's he, he was doing what we had hoped Erickson would do. Yeah, absolutely. And now Mark Stahl, 34, uh, how much gas in the tank does Mark Stahl have left? Uh, he's a free agent this season. Mm-hmm. He was making $5.7 million. Um, Mark Stahl, uh, no, one-year deal, maybe. Apparently Potential. Christian Juice has said that he's going to go play in Switzerland. Right. Uh, interesting. I okay. saw something, I think it was George who said apparently Juice let it slip that he's going to go play in Switzerland next season. Um, so I, I don't know what is going on there. Hmm, yeah. Is he That's from a, Switzerland? I don't oh, He's from think, Minnesota, isn't he? Oh, no, he's from Sweden. Uh, yeah, George Malik had tweeted Juice in the lineup for the first time since he let it slip that he's heading to Switzerland next year. Um, hmm. yeah. He's an RFA as well, so that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, so uh, someone asked, he won't be in the NHL. George says, I'm not sure. I thought Juice looked really good offensively speaking. It's up to him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I wouldn't mind him back. I think he'd be a good offensive spark. I mean, he's still only 26. So he finally, I mean, we, as, as we've talked about, he was the straw that broke the camel's back for the power play drought, and that was one of his first games in the lineup. Yeah, you so, can't ride that for the rest of your career. Nah, you know, I mean, some things you just got to hope for. Um, but <laughs> for what they they have to make up for, because, I mean, we can hope that they maybe bring back a John Merrill. We can hope that, you know, maybe Mark Stahl comes back on a one-year deal You and can it hope that out, Dennis but... Chalowski improves greatly. Yeah. You can hope that Goose... So Gustav Lindstrom looked good, Lindst- too. I'll say, if we're going to talk about those guys, I think Lindstrom had a, a better campaign defensively, especially, than Chalowski. Chalowski, while at times he looked good, he just he, he didn't seem comfortable it's in confidence. my eyes. And it's confidence, and we've talked it's, about this before. Yeah, it's frustrating, because the skill is there. We saw that when he first came in, especially in his first uh, preseason a couple years ago. Like the, the dude can play, and he's showing it in Grand Rapids, but it's just gets lost and i think is it because of maybe a lack of playing time and situational time that from blashell i don't think so necessarily anymore i think right now he's in his own head like you say 
Yeah, I don't know. Going into next season, your defense consists of Danny DeKaiser and Troy Stetcher. Um, you've got under Dennis, contract. Yeah, Dennis Chalowski's an RFA. Lindstrom's, uh, Lindstrom's an RFA. Hironic needs a contract. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's what you're looking at. But then, of course, you're bringing in Mo Sider. Uh, Steve Eiserman did say it looks like Mo Sider can play in the NHL, and I would also say, uh, hell yeah, uh, it looks like <laughs> Mo Sider. Can, I think I think you could put the video. I think you could put the video in front of a five-year-old kid and that kid would be like, he's NHL. He should be NHL. And, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, as a joke. I'm saying that to be serious. I mean, he is about as NHL ready oh as God. I've seen a defenseman in a long time. He and going is. back to when we remember uh, the draft party, and, of course, you guys were there. That. I'm jealous that I wasn't. But uh, The what-the-fuck you know, look on our faces. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, like, expecting, you know, something else. And it turns out that it's more cider out of Mannheim, and everyone's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And then you, the fantastic it, it, delayed reaction on the broadcast. It's funny. It was a delayed reaction, and then by the end of the draft weekend, everyone was talking about how this guy was a diamond in the rough, and how this guy is gonna be a good player in the league, and. He's delivered so far. I mean, obviously, it, it remains to be seen if he's going to be a good NHLer. But I mean, I can, I could, I would hitch my wagon stand being a good NHLer. Yeah, how's how's that first big check against an NHL caliber team gonna go when he lays somebody on their ass and then someone comes in to fight him or try to do something about it? What's gonna happen? I think that's gonna be the key moment of where we see is he ready to go. Is he going to not back down? Is he going to fight him? Uh, it, there's going to be a lot of things at play. We know the, the skill's there to do everything oh, else. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. TSN it's says Mo Sider is the top NHL prospect, like the top defensive prospect not in the league. There we go. Yeah, probably. So we'll see. I, I, think, I think the body, the, the physical aspect is where we're really going to make our money here. It, because if he can provide everything else that he's doing right now over there, I mean, he's, I think their season just finished up, but if he lays somebody out and he can stand up for it, then we know that he's here. The yep. moment that starts happening, we're in fucking business. Yeah. Hell, if he lays somebody out, he doesn't need to drop the gloves as long as it's not a dirty-ass hit and he doesn't have to that, respond no, yeah, that's, to it. That's what I'm saying. Like he, If he stands up for himself, to whoever's trying to get in his face after making a good, clean hit, because I don't think I've seen – there's been one – questionable hit I think I've seen him lay over there and really it was just a matter of where the the contact was made but it wasn't malicious no yeah that's what I think that's the biggest thing he's not doing it to hurt he's doing it because you're in my fucking way yep yeah get out the way that's what, yep. uh but it's so that's defense defensively we have improved it's obvious you can see it on a nightly mm-hmm. basis uh it also shows in the goals against per game when was Where? the last time we've had a defensive prospect like Mo Sider? Um, have we ever play, in our lifetime to play Jeopardy music with with this level of uh, hype? Because Lidstrom doesn't count because that no. was a diamond in the rough. And, in our and lifetime, they would still be on the team. In well, a, yeah, yeah, in our in our viewing true. lifetime. Yeah, I don't think that we've had anyone. No, because even this... Cronwall was a first round pick, right? But he wasn't. Uh, you know, I mean, of course he's a great defenseman, but he, I mean, he wasn't 
you know, a number one caliber defenseman. He was pushed into that role once Lidstrom retired, but that wasn't him. He was a I mean, if you're looking pair, at guys that really good yeah. defenseman. Yeah, I mean that's that's the I mean, closest thing for the, the non for non AHL hype. I can't think of a name no. off the top of my head Me either. without looking. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. in Insider didn't have that hype initially. He earned yeah. that hype because if you look at this if season. you look back at the defenseman, like just back to the 08 Stanley Cup team, Lidstrom was a diamond in the rough. Rafalski was a free agent signing. Stewart was a trade. Um, Cronwall was, you know, dra- a first round draft pick, so they hit on that. And then the bottom two guys, wasn't it Lilia and Lebda? Was that the bottom pair of the 2008 Stanley Cup team? But rega- regardless, none of those guys were high prospect or anything like that. So, I mean, this, this it's good. It's good. It's something new. It's something Chelios. we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, Chelios is another thing. But they had Chelios. Erickson doesn't count for this. He was too young still. Uh, Cronwall, Lebda, Lidstrom, Lilia, Derek Meech, who barely played. Derek Meech. It didn't play. Kyle Quincy was a rookie. Didn't play. Fuck that guy. Uh, then you had yep. Rafalski and then Brad Stewart. So yep. yeah, so, really n- none of those guys. I mean, and Lidstrom would be the yeah. closest thing, but even he was a diamond in the rough. No one knew what he would become. Yeah, I, I think they there did, was some but... a little. There was a bit of excitement, I think, for Erickson just because of how it worked out and the fact that he showed up and then Erickson was a forward. They turned into a defenseman. Yeah, I think that was yeah, last the, overall the, pick in the whole draft, right? Yeah, yeah, Mister Irrelevant, and that's where I think some of the hype came from is that he was going to make the roster and be a player on the team. Uh, but I don't know, maybe Kyle Quincy would be as much as it, I hate to say it, maybe the closest thing you got, but that he would have been been over here and then made his way through. Lucas yeah. Raymond's going to be another one uh, up up on the the you know up up on forward there that is going to be probably one of those, you know, obviously Cider's going to be the number one guy that everyone's going to be looking forward to, but close after there is going to be Raymond and, you know, everyone's going to be interested to see what he has and brings to the table as well. Cause he's playing in a man's men league already over there in Sweden. So kind of the same, actually the same league that Cider was playing in. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but, we, we do have the the defense was good, and it is going to get better, which is exciting. Um, I want to kind of look over at special teams, which, God, that's the one thing I really hate doing. I ask myself, why do I want to look at special teams? We don't have to, necessarily. Um, no, we I mean, have We could just to. be like, not good, and then, oh, my God, we cut out, and then just, now we're back, so, and we're talking about something else. So last season, the power play percentage was 14.88, with the league average being 20.3. <laughs> Uh, this season, the power play percentage. This season, the power play percentage was ten point eight one, with a league average <laughs> of two point uh, twenty point oh six. So Dan Bylsman needs to be fired now. Like, if you want to keep Blashill, you need to fire your power play. You need to. We'll get to the coaches. We'll get there. Sure. So uh, your penalty kill went up by four percent from seventy four to seventy eight. Now penalty kill, we were closer to league average. League average was seventy nine. We were at seventy eight point seven. So it was closer. Last season we were at seventy four point three. League average was seventy nine point nine. So it, it we were improved slightly in penalty kill. So Doug Huda, maybe you can keep your job, but uh, you need to get rid of Bilesma. I'm done with that. Bye. Yeah. Um, your shooting percentage in twenty 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 one was eight point two with a league average of nine point seven. 
Uh, last season was 7.4 with a league average of 9.5. So, again, improvement. Bad. Yeah. It's bad, but improvement uh, yeah. in, in your save percentage like we already talked about is up. So, if you're looking at, at an overall, and you could, I mean, I could have told you this, and we could have left this at a five-minute segment. We improved over last season, especially in the last half of the year. There was solid improvement. Adam Ernie channeled his inner Wayne Gretzky for a while and was scoring. <laughs> uh, we had we uh, one of the big things bringing in Jacob Verana, who is second, who I think they said is second in um, goals uh, per sixty. Yeah. Um, uh, underneath Austin Matthews, uh, with wow. which is, is that insane. Max that tweeted that out earlier. Um, that that's insane, and that's a huge help to the team, and that'll be a huge help next season as long as they retain him. Um, <laughs> and they I, they should. He's an RFA, so they should. I would think that they're gonna do something. Possible. If you can get a first round pick for him, do you trade him? No, no, no. You got to start uh, building a nucleus. You can't just keep kicking the can down the road. Oh well, you know, maybe maybe in a couple of years we'll start building towards the future, or, or I, we'll start building what the next you know Red Wing playoff team looks like. Mm-hmm. No, you got to start. You got to start putting that team together and saying, oh, okay, Larkin's here, Veron is here, Fabry's here. You got to start doing that because I mean the fans are start going to start to get restless. I think Veron is think- young enough that you can do that. Yes, and I think because of what yeah, he traded, the fact that he is the return for Mantha, I think speaks to the fact that he meets what Iserman was wanting to build towards, and he showed he showed out in his short time. Yeah, like really, really showed out in his short time. Yeah. Um, Even but- taking the four-goal game away, like that's ironically enough against Dallas. Like you take away just that game, it still doesn't matter. Like he still exceeded, I think, what – the expectation may have been for where they were at in the season yet. Yeah, Cause you go from a team that's number two in their division or conference or division making the playoffs to go for another Stanley cup. And now you're to a near last place team, but it didn't deter his attitude and how he performed. And he was out. You could tell that he was out there having a good time. The yep. dude is, is a great trade as we've said. So I even think in that, all the interviews, he's ex- extremely excited to play. Yeah. And that's huge, and that's what they need. And I think that kind of us being the terrible pundits that we are, that's that's what I feel that Eisenman was going towards. And I think it's a very different attitude uh, in a very short time between what he showed and what Manta showed in his time here. Yeah. It's, now, it's, that's just us looking, me looking high level at it as no someone that doesn't know fucking shit about these guys, but that's just the perception. Yeah. A couple other reasons for uh, for a improvement. Someone like Philip Zadina really showed like he's a hell of a player. Uh, a now, two-way player. Now the points, I mean, 19 points in 49 games isn't as big as you'd like it to be. Um, but again, he didn't start out in the best position. Uh, he His shooting percentage was low. Um, but his average time on ice was 16 minutes, and I'd expect that to go up next season. I'd expect your top line next season to probably be, depending on mm-hmm. what happens with Fertuzzi, your top line is probably going to be Verona, Larkin, Zadina. Oof, that's fun to think about. It, it's fun and, to think about, fact, especially with only, the improvement. And he's 21 years old. Yeah, he's still a rookie. Let's not forget, let's not forget that part. Um, and, and we'll go to the other 21-year-old that really, I mean... Blew, I think, the doors off a lot of people and made people shut up was Michael Rasmussen. I think a coming out party uh, is an appropriate 
term to use there. Yep. Michael Absolutely. Rasmussen had 12 points in 40 games. He just turned 22 last month, by the way. <laughs> Who? Raz. Uh, Hockey Reference still has him at 21. No. But uh, Rasmussen... April 17th was his birthday. Rasmussen was awesome. I mean, he is the third-line center and, and could play second-line center, but he is... If your centers going into next season are Dylan Larkin on the top, Joe Valeno, who looked fantastic in his short amount of time, on <laughs> on the second line, and Michael Rasmussen on the third line, and I think we had talked about this as far back as last year, if they all that's click, that's, that's a scenario. great. That's gr- uh, and, and it yeah, looks it like is. we're heading towards best case scenario. And Rasmussen fell down so much less this season. And he <laughs> we talked about that. He didn't let himself get pushed around. He would go to corners. He'd park his ass in front of the net like he's supposed to. He had great setups. I mean, Rasmussen was yeah. doing everything you wanted him to do. And, it, and he had he some still, smooth fucking hands, too. Is he justifying a ninth overall pick? No. but Nobody's he, getting there. Yeah, and he's, he's doing... A lot better than people were. I mean, people the the year he was drafted, people wrote him off, and now, people wrote him off because it, apparently his skating wasn't good enough. And you know, it, it was it really wasn't that skating that was rightfully that so. Plus the injuries. Yeah. Plus he was kind of one of those tweeners. We've talked about it before, where he was too good to play in junior, but he was too young to play or. Yeah, too young to play in the AHL, so he had to play in the NHL for a little bit, and he was kind of over his head. Yeah, it, but it's so maybe he'll never be worth the ninth overall pick, but he he's making a lot of people eat their words because Michael be Rasmussen, six player. Yeah, Michael Set. Rasmussen showed that he he can do it and he can play big. He played fourteen, average fourteen minutes, uh, almost fifteen minutes a night. And, but he looks solid. I mean, I, I did not expect in all situations it from too. him. Yeah, I did not expect it from him. No, and, and I think that speaks to, because we, we talked and harped on him in a good way multiple times this season. Blashell, I think he said he, that was his most improved player and mo- the guy that he saw the most from this season. And I think, as you said, we talked about before, Larkin, Valeno, Rasmussen, if that's your center core and can be your center core, you're doing okay. Yeah. Because we go back yeah. to our conversation at the start tonight where we're like, we don't have that elite number one center. Because we know, straight fact, Larkin did not have a good year. No. I think a lot of that I is think due to hurt. the fact that he might have been hurt, which we saw that he ended up leaving this season anyway because he was out there for everything, flying yeah. around the ice. But he didn't have a, the Bertuzzi's. Bobby Ryan was hurt for a lot of a lot of time this season. Robbie Fabry a was lot, hurt. Multiple players were out for COVID. Fabry was hurt, as you just said. There was a lot of negative factors, but then you have the the detractors out there. Oh well, if he's that such a good of a player, he should have really elevated his game yeah, even well, with those guys out and done all this and that. Well, okay, well, how many fucking guys were on the ice that the other teams had to worry about other than Dylan Larkin? Yep. Yeah, Dylan Larkin well, that, is that's a playmaking like, center. That's yeah. the other thing so, that pisses me off about these morons that go on, on Facebook and Twitter and all these morons that are talking like about, us. oh, well, Dylan Larkin <laughs> does this and Dylan Larkin does that. Well, if he's this good, then he should be doing this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like, do you watch the game of hockey? Like, do you even sit there or do you just 
type behind your keyboard or your phone or whatever the fuck you're using. Like, people just drive me nuts when it comes to (laughs) saying... People said that for years. Years about Datsuk. Oh, Datsuk's this, Datsuk's that. And then Datsuk fucking shoved it right up their ass when when it came to fucking winning the 2008 Stanley Cup. And so, uh, second reference to that 08 team today. Um, But... Just the, the people that want to fucking see Dylan Larkin uh, um, not succeed are the same idiots that are like, oh, well, Anthony Myth is not trying hard enough. He's not skating hard enough. He needs to look like he's busting his ass. And it's just like, shut up, dude. Just watch the game and quiet your ass down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about Dylan Larkin. I think Dylan Me Larkin either. was. No, we shouldn't be. I think he was injured for a lot of the season. I potentially, think yeah. He lost, I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, he lost his scoring threats. He's he's a playmaker first. That's what Dylan Larkin is. Um, playmaker he, first. And when you lose the people to pass to, uh, goals aren't going to go in the net. And and when you're not typically trying to be the one always scoring and you lose those aspects, like you said, you try to be the one that scores. And yep. guess what? Like I mentioned, teams will then focus on you. And if you don't have guys that have the hockey sense there yet, I mean... What I mean by yet is that as Adina, he's close. They didn't have the chemistry. Yep. It wasn't th- there. were certain some games when it was him, Fab- Fabry, and uh, Larkin were together. They started to click, but it took a couple games to get there. Yep. And when they were on, they were a true threat. Yep. But it took a long time to get to that point, and that is what hindered Larkin, I think, the most. And Mantha, it, they he can only do so much. Larkin can only do so much. There is no doubting. And watching Dylan Larkin play hockey this season, that he wasn't the hardest motherfucking working person out there. Yep. You can't say that he wasn't. If and that's you, why if he's you the can captain. show me someone, if you can show me someone else in any other game on this team that was skating harder and doing more than he was, granted, he did some stupid shit at times, but it's because he had to do the things that no one else was doing, yep. which was going to every puck, putting pressure on the forecheck by himself he did this shit over and over and it just when you're not a good team this is the unfortunate side effect it's the word well and thankful we're just thankful we should be thankful we're not in a jack eichel situation right now yeah where our captain's coming out and bitching about the the scenario and his injury and then holding him out for surgery and i'm not sure what's going to happen it's up to the team and blah 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 Tyler. i think the the scrutinization and then we can move on after this um, the scrutinization, I think, comes, um, you know, when he gets to see there. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, now he's got to be a Connor McDavid kind of player. Newsflash, there's only one Connor McDavid in the world. I don't know if, if people are aware of that or not. Well, in case they're not, he's kinda that's, good. that's the truth, kinda right? Really he's kind of good. good. Nathan McKinnon, kind of good, too. It's a pretty big but deal. Look, at, yeah, here's yeah. the thing with, with, the whole, um, with the whole Larkin thing. Everyone wants to sit there and criticize him left, right, and center. And yes, he's some criticizing is rightfully so, and some of it Criticism? is not. And, and <laughs> I give up. I give up. No more rant. Move on. No, uh, continue. They, they got me to quit. Yeah. They got me to quit. I think, I think the point is that Dylan Larkin will be just fine, and we don't need to worry about him. Uh, yes. So I, I kind of before we wrap up tonight, we have a, a little bit of time left. I kind of want to see if you guys have any standout surprises from the season, whether it be a good surprise or a bad surprise, um, mm. but you're kind of your biggest surprise coming out of this. And uh, well, I'll let Ryan go first. Shit, I was hoping you are going to Oh, fine. Tyler. I'll let Tyler go first. 
Surprises. Well, oh God, you, you don't know, have a fucking answer either. No, I do. <laughs> of course, I have an answer. Of course, I have an answer. Tyler's it's Michael fired Rasmussen. All right, well, that's fair. Go it's ahead, Michael Tyler. Rasmussen. There's no other player that improved the way Michael Rasmussen did. We we talked about it a little bit ago here, but he's a guy that people wrote off. He was written off. Yeah. He was in Grand Rapids, and people didn't think he would get back up to the NHL. Not only did he get back up to the NHL, but he came up and shoved it right up. You know, He thrived. And he did. He thrived. He was good. And with zero... Fast. Facial emotion. <laughs> uh, he he's a he's a lead by example kind of guy, and I, I really do think that he could be a filler player on this next Red Wing playoff team. I really do. Whenever that may be, whether that's two or three years down the road, or it's four or five years down the road, I think that Michael Rasmussen could be a part of that team. Whether it's a well, fourth line center role or yeah. Yeah, sure. He's what twenty two years old right now. Yep. I mean, come on. Turned. Um, another just honorable mention that I'd like to put on there um, is a couple of the the signings that um, Steve Eisenman made. Uh, you know, this off season. Mark Stahl, we kind of mentioned yeah. a little bit ago. Troy Stetcher, I liked a lot, and obviously John Merrill, who is now gone. But Troy Stetcher, Enough you could have made an argument that was the best defenseman on this Red Wings team until Philip Peronick started getting it going later in this season. Stetcher yeah, other than the, the injury taking him out for that little bit, I, yeah. think, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I I would kind of piggyback off of the Iserman thing, and I think it was the Anthony Mantha trade was the biggest surprise. And mm-hmm. then following that up is the performance of Jacob Verana and just how he went from doing getting kind of low minutes in in Washington being relegated to the third line uh not really scoring and, and he was a, a high pick player and they're like well why why is Washington just throwing him down there so Eiserman grabbed him and he just i mean took off averaging 17 minutes a night playing on the top line really clicking with Zadina and clicking with Heronic and just kind of what seems like what we hoped Mantha would continue to do, which, which was score goals, and it didn't happen here for whatever the reason, the situation, or whatever, Verona looks like he's going to be able to do at almost two years younger than Mantha. So mm-hmm. I think it's the trade was my most surprising moment this season, and then then the actual performance of Verona and all that all that Stevie got in that trade, and we still got picks to go from it. So overall, I think that's that's my biggest surprise, biggest win. And then, depending on what the picks become, will become even greater. Yeah, along those same lines, I would have to say that my biggest win surprise was the Iserman performance. I don't think that maybe for many, it's not going to come as much as a surprise. The Iser plan two Yeah, to take the team as to where they were at last year for what he basically inherited, and to virtually transform this roster. I mean, you just went through pretty much most the more relevant stats uh, that we're, we're kind of looking at here, but better goaltending, better defense. We saw better improvement in the forward play, even though the scoring was still kind of at a premium form. Cause I think they had like more than half of their games, two goals or less, which is obviously not good when they scored three goals or more. I think they finished at 16 or 17 and two or seven, 16 and three, something along those lines, but were undefeated when they scored four goals or more. So 
that right there, I think, speaks volumes to what he was able to put together and really feel the team. And that's I think that's now the expectation, a level set expectation as we move forward, especially in the next season, because we know how many players are now going to be going into free agency. So who is he going to bring back for one? Who are we going to lose to Vegas, Seattle? And then who is he going to bring in? We know that there's internal options, but who is he going to fill the void with much like he did this year with the Merrill, the Stetcher, the Thomas Grice, uh, Bobby Ryan, Sam Gagne, the, those type players, Where what's that going to be look like this season? And to me, I think it's going to get younger and going to get better. And I think the reason for that, go back to the quote for Bobby Ryan, Steve Eiserman. Yep. So I, that, I think that my improvement goes there because of what he was able to do in one quick season. Well, I know, yeah, they finished second to last in the division, but they still were a better team. And yep. I think that's what's important. And Absolutely. that's what we can expect moving forward. Great. Great discussion tonight, guys. And there's just like so Boom. much more to go over that we'll continue into next week and start looking Ooh. at the draft. Um, but for now, let's get your Twitter handles and then I'll, I'll close us out. RD Ryan 33. Tyler, are you dead? No, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> T- twi- <laughs> I didn't know if you had. You're, you don't have any final thoughts, Ryan? No, that's, that was, that's what that we're was wrapping pretty up much with. a final thought. I'm pretty. That's sure. as final as final thoughts can do. Get. You, Tyler, do you have a final thought? I do have final thoughts. I oh. uh, I can't wait for these playoffs to get started here because you know we've been watching largely irrelevant hockey the last what month and a half now. I mean, Three it's years. been great because <clears throat> it's been hockey to watch because you know obviously we didn't have Red Wing hockey for a while, you know, because of the whole covid thing and everything but um you know it'll be good to watch some you know piss and vinegar so uh, the fans getting back in the building now and and you know the barns will be rocking and so that it should be interesting i can't wait for the playoffs to get started looks like it's going to start on saturday panthers uh, lightning yeah panthers lightning leafs um habs Bruins Capitals. I mean, it's the only thing you can get better than Bruins Capitals would be Rangers Capitals, but uh, we're not getting that, unfortunately. But no, um, yeah, it should be good to watch the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. And um, but you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Good job, Tyler. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. You follow the Grindline Podcast on Twitter at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcast wherever. Podcasts are found, really. Uh, we also like to thank the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us and uh, getting us out Woo. there. Yeah, great. Go follow them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Uh, we also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape. If you use promo code GRINDLINE on Howie'sHockeyTape.com, you get 10% off your online order. If you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off. I also like to give a shout out to Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline podcast. And if you go to redbubble.com and search the Grindline, you will find our merch shop where you can get our designs on a bunch of random shit. So, uh, that's Which, speaking do of, it. someone just got a Cult of Valino shirt the other day. Yeah, that's like, that's gonna, I think that one's going to become popular starting next season. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, so, for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg, and you stay classy, Hockey Town.